0: Hi, regular listeners, you may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our old title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, thank you so much for downloading our podcast, The Honey and Coke. My name is Itamar Sulevich. Me and my wife have some restaurants in Fitzrovia and a couple of cookbooks. Ever since we opened our restaurant, we've been meeting so many incredible people who are cooking, who are making food, who are writing about food. And we just want to have a little bit more time with them. We invite our favorite people once a month or twice a month to our deli, Honey and Spice. And we sit down and have a longer chat. We cook from their books and from their culture. And this is a recording of these talks. I hope you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. We're joined by Roy Handel, who is a real life modern day spice merchant. He travels the globe to find the best, rarest, freshest spice. He meets the people who make them and he brings them to us in Europe. We were lucky enough to meet him in our friend's restaurant in Paris, where we tried all his beautiful stuff and now we bought them, are cooking with them. If you want to know how Parisian chefs used to get their spices and how do they get them now, if you want to know about a rare green wild cardamom, where it grows, and how it got here if you want to know about timor pepper what it is what it tastes like and what to do with it then keep on listening go team did it, how did, did everyone hear about this talk from the mailing list from our mailing list yes. Yes. yeah and you're all spice people you're like yeah this is what we're about <laughs> yeah. it's interesting to see the the different talks bring such different crowds every time yeah it's really, really really nice so this this is all the spice lovers here and honey and spice very appropriate and doubly appropriate as we have this guy the spice hunter Roy was very graciously uh, came to us from Paris he came this morning yes um, Roy is the founder and I think at the moment sole employee of <laughs> 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 early days <laughs> give him time give him time we are too we are too ah really yeah, yeah. so you see uh, of Shira Spice or Epice Shira exactly did yeah, yes. I pronounce yeah. It correct yeah perfectly uh, yeah um, which is a wonderful uh, spice company uh, we of course are very very interested in spice so we're very fortunate to meet Roy in, in Paris and we'll, we'll tell I'll tell you a little bit about how we met later uh, but I want Roy to tell us a little bit about his background and and where is he from so we, we can understand how he became this exotic merchant <laughs> spice trader.
1: Yeah, so I was born and raised in Israel. So, I mean, when, y- when you are born in this kind of melting pot of different cuisine, you have to like spices. I mean, it's impossible not to, to like it because you discover different taste every time you go to another friend's house when you're when you're little to eat lunch or something so when i moved to fr- to paris about 10 years ago and um, this was one of the hardest things for me because in paris it's actually quite hard to find good spices
0: and what what brought you to paris why did you move uh, uh, to
1: paris so i moved to paris to study cooking because since i was very little i knew i wanted to be chef when i grew mm. up so <laughs> Um so I moved to Paris at the age of twenty one. I studied French because I couldn't speak a single word in French. Really? Now
0: yeah. you have such a French accent. <laughs> 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 <It's working. laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I studied French for about a year and then studied cooking and then worked as a chef in a French restaurant for a c- couple of years. And then I I really understood that staying in the kitchen wasn't really the thing for me, so I moved a little bit outside, and I had a pasta, an organic local pasta company in France, in Paris, for a couple of years, and then I've done mostly consulting for restaurants and uh, food artisans.
0: And I mean, how, when I think French food or French cooking, the last thing that I think about is spice.
1: Yes, there are some spices used um, very often in the in the French cuisine. So you have like nutmeg and cloves and bay leaf and vanilla pepper, obviously. and pepper. Yeah, but that's about it. So they're not they're not um, used to use a lot of spices. And um, it's it's changing right now because first of all, you have all the M- Mediterranean cuisine uh, fashion right now. So in Paris, you have like and Israeli or Lebanese or Syrian restaurants opening almost every week. So people are getting used to it. And then it's also very interesting to see how different chefs have different approaches, approach to to, to cooking the spices. Some of them will use a lot of spices, probably too much because they really want people to know they use spices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I had a conversation with, uh, with a very good chef, but he showed me his dishes and he was like using uh, two or three star anise per dish per, per person and um, because he wanted it to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. It's really really a lot especially when you use good spices because yeah. it has a lot of taste. So and then there are other chefs that use and I think this is the, mot- the most interesting way to use it because actually when you eat their food you don't know they use spices. You don't feel spices but they use it to create new flavors that uh, you you won't have any other way
0: because you don't you don't want to say oh yeah I'm eating cumin
1: or uh, yeah.
0: Oh yeah I'm eating cinnamon you just want to say this is delicious yes exactly. or, this is what's going on here this yeah. is amazing mm-hmm.
1: so sometimes of course and um, you need to feel it I mean um, I guess that few of you have tasted the sable with the sumac that uh, that they Did have anyone been.
0: try it the the sumac shortbread that we do here it's really good so it's <laughs> it's, yeah,
1: it's, nice it's, good. it's really really it's good, so cool, and yeah. you can feel the sumac, but if you don't know that sumac, you will just say it's delicious yeah it's not overriding the other uh, the other flavors it's just well balanced
0: good it's a good good way to to insert a little compliment on our cooking, which is always <laughs> nice for us yeah. <laughs> so it's not. It's not kind of the natural market for spice, you wouldn't say. But you, how did you? W- when you said, okay, uh, this is something that I'm interested, maybe I'll do this for a living. How how do you start? How do you become a spice merchant? What's so the first thing that you do?
1: So the first thing was actually to go and meet a lot of chefs and to ask them, will they be interested in good spices?
0: So you you were focused on on restaurant market yes, rather than yeah mostly yeah. yeah.
1: So, I've actually, even the three star chefs in, in, in Paris, many of them will buy their spices, like in, the very, like, in the supermarket. Yeah. Because they don't know that it is important. It's like, f- for many of them, till about five or ten years ago, it was the same for, uh, for vegetables. They would buy vegetables just, like in Metro, I don't know if you have it here, which is like...
0: Like um, Tesco or something, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: a very big supermarket, and they would buy everything there. So now they know that vegetables are important, and they start to understand the spices are important as well.
0: Well, I think the um, it is one of those things that if, if you're not kind of familiar with, with, with how to cook it, like, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of things that I don't know how to cook, or like, like Asian cuisine, you just say soy sauce is soy sauce of course there's such a yeah so this is
1: many of the chefs i go to see they they're like oh i'm not i'm not interested because i don't use spices in my my kitchen and then i'm like oh i'm here already with my spices so maybe you can smell two or three of them and when they smell them they say oh but i never smelled anything like this and often they go to the kitchen and they bring out like what they already have and they compare to the spices I have. And they're like, oh, it's a completely different product. And they, they start to understand. And what often I try to, to explain them is just like apples, you have hundreds, or hundreds of different varieties of apples. And every variety of apple has a really different taste. And it's the same thing with spices. Because first of all, you have the ver- really the botanical varieties. And then you have the terroir which is exactly the same with wine, and with vegetables, and, and, with, everythi- and with everything else. A peppercorn that comes from uh, the, a hillside that, that uh, faces south or north, it will not have the same taste, not the same aroma, not the same uh, uh, heat in mouth, it will taste, it will taste differently
0: and so you were you were speaking to all these chefs they obviously you had some good feedback because otherwise you wouldn't say okay (laughs) I'm gonna you know put all my life into this what's what's like how do you how do you find these
1: so first of all actually i just used the internet to find um, there you go to find yeah. ngos google good pepper yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to find ngos and um, and cooperatives that doing organic spices in regions i was interested in and then i contacted all of them and i've seen if we had the same way of thinking and proceeding because many of them when you when i say quality they will say low price and it's not really the same thing because often they will just try to 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 sell big quantity and they will mix everything and they don't care about the about the quality but then i found about five or six uh, ngos and cooperatives that were really um, engaged in the quality so when I found them, I went to India, to Nepal, to Sri Lanka mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year, and they visited about uh, 150 farms in oh, um, wow. in uh, a ba- little bit less than a month. So it was oh, wow. quite a race, actually. <laughs> 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 um, but I thought you that,
0: like I thought you were there for like six months.
1: No, <laughs> my <I'm like>, God, <laughs> no. 150
0: farms in a yeah, month. Yeah, yeah.
1: So <laughs> it was often like ten farms a day. Um, but it was really interesting to see how people work and, I mean, just like here, just like farmers here or any other, any other uh, craftsmanship, they will often try to, to use the, the, the simplest solution. So they will not try to make the best thing, they will try to make the easiest thing. And when you go there, you can find some farmers that re- really go the extra mile to, to do something extraordinary. For example, I've met this farmer in uh, Rajasthan. So, Rajasthan is uh, northeast of India, and it's the desert. It's uh, 35 Celsius um, in the winter and about 50 in summertime. And this guy um, will not water his plants. He will water about two or three times in a year, so we can say will not water it. And he uses trees that are going to, to take the water deep down um, and bring it up to to water the other plants and you have the result is something it's, it's, uh, like cumin or coriander that doesn't smell like anything you you've ever smelled before because it's so concentrated and even after this um, he will he will sort the, the spices by hand so every grain of cumin was really picked so it's really beautiful when you look at it can, you can see how the, you can smell, you can see, you can taste how the the job is really extraordinary.
0: I mean, I did have a, a, a similar experience that you know, moving to this country and then, you know, trying to find all the spice and then, Looking for the quality, I didn't, you know, didn't go as far as you did, <laughs> but still, it's so exciting that you find, you know, like I remember that finally we managed to, to buy the the Persian lines, yeah, or that we find, you know, we had to find a supplier that brings us good cumin, yeah, or w- we're still building on Roy to bring us Moroccan from Moroccan cumin, but that's that's for the future. All these things are really, kind of, there's such a sense of discovery and excitement when you find something that's you know, delicious and of good quality. It must have been, you know, amazing for you when when you you go to these places and you see these things. Yeah,
1: I remember in Kerala, in uh, the southwest of India, I was in this farm and it was really high in the um, the hills, but it was one hill. Actually, the farm was covering all the top of the hill. So, first of all, you had like an amazing view. And when we went there, it was... um, it's like really raining hard, but you you, you couldn't see like three meters ahead, three meters ahead, and then the sky went clear, and it was really everything was so beautiful. So you already had the emotions going up, and then we were hosted by this farmer who was actually um, quite a rich industrial guy. Um, that when he had enough money, he said, "Okay, this is enough. I don't need more money." my children have enough money, my grandchildren will have enough money. So he sold his company and he just went there and he started cultivating spices and he's doing this variety of green cardamom that you that you have here. This is the one that we yeah. tried, it's unbelievable. And it's actually it's wild cardamom that he picked up in the wild and he replanted it in his farm but in the wild way so you don't have like all the cardamom together you have one cardamom here and one there and he's doing like 40 kilos per year and that's all and when we went there he was like he gave me a small bag and it was really hidden like in under the seats in, in, <laughs> in a tin box in then in small in small, uh, plastic bags and everything was really like a secret uh, product and he said okay here this is a gift for you since you are now my friend But I will not sell it to you. I was like, why? Because this is a really rare product and I will never sell it. And I only offer it to my friends and to my family. And we talked and we drink chai and we ate a lot. And then after about an hour or two, he was like, okay, you know what? I will sell you about 20 kgs, but it will be expensive. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: <laughs> so this is, this is kind of the haggling yeah. but it's yeah. I mean
1: I've I've uh I've tried it you
0: will try it it's it's like nothing I've I've ever tried before it's so alive with flavor yeah it's almost like like a different spice. It's it's something very special.
1: Yeah. So you, so here, for example, you can see it exactly. You have the variety. First of all, it's it's a wild variety. So mm. the problem is wild varieties. Is they don't give so much um, yield. Yield. So so first, it's it's hard to do it. And then um, the other problem is uh, not the problem. Sorry. The other the other good point is you have the freshness of the spices. Because we always, so important. Yeah, we always work with the with the last harvest, so we always have very fresh spices. And many of the of of the companies, when they sell spices, they sell spices that they bought from other sellers that buy from other wholesalers. that buy from other wholesalers. So sometimes there's those are spices which are three, four, five years old before you get it. So this is very important to have the freshest uh, product
0: and really really hard to. To find, yeah. you know, someone that, that will tell you, you know, this is fresh. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, that you can trust.
1: This is why I work directly with farmers because they don't they don't have the luxury to keep the spices until the market goes up.
0: No, because okay. usually, you know, y- we you'd say you have these big warehouses and you'd have black pepper that changes hands yeah. five times before it even reaches yeah. the customers, and mm. it's it's not the it's not the same. Yeah, and I think just like with with any other, you know, with, with any other dry store ingredient, it, the freshness is so important. Yeah. So important. Um, it's a very kind of romantic notion being a spice merchant. It, you know, feels a little bit, you know, um, uh, middle ages or something like that. Do Do you find the the romance in it, or is it just work for
1: you? I mean, first of all, it's it's much. But it's easier.
0: a good thing to say in parties. Saying, oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, it's it's much easier for me than it was for Vasco di Gama. For example, <laughs> 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 let's start with this.
0: Yeah, travel helps.
1: Um, but uh, I, I mean, I, I just read today actually uh, someone saying that um, the spice exploring is a little bit like space exploring because. The, when when you look at the space, I mean, you have it there. You, you you cannot avoid it. It's like spices. You have it, but you don't know really what is it. You don't What's know. On the ground. Yeah, you don't know, and then you're curious and you try to to understand it, and then you go further and farther. So,
0: did did you have any kind of dangerous or dodgy encounters?
1: I I had this. Um, yeah, I had this experience in Sri Lanka, actually. I was in this farm, which is... Uh, I call it a farm, but it's not really a farm, because it used to be a farm about 30 years ago. And then it was bought by a couple who decided just to reintroduce the jungle inside the farm. So it really looks like Jurassic Park um, <laughs> scenes. I mean, it's, this is really romantic and beautiful. I mean. And then you go there and you talk with the, with the guy. And you tell him, okay, so like what kind of animals you have here? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing weird. I mean, we have uh, lots of birds and, and some hedgehogs and things like this. Oh, and many serpents. Oh, and yeah, of course, you have the jaguars, but I mean, they're out only early in the morning, so if you're after 7, uh, 7 a.m., usually you will not see them.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. As long as you keep for your hours, you're free of jaguars, <laughs> and there's only the snakes to deal with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy. So <laughs> very easy.
1: So, but other than this, you don't really have. So you see, so it's not. Uh, the same. And and then you have, I mean, like the drivers in Nepal, but <laughs> This <laughs> <laughs> is
0: about putting your life in your hands just every time you go in a car. Yeah. Mm. Um, so when you when you find all these kind of precious spices, and they're really you have um, a treasure box which you'll see you bring it back to paris and what what's the reaction has how do people respond
1: so this is one of the um, of the mysteries i mean when when i choose spices i don't know how the clients will react to it so sometimes i find something and i'm like wow this is amazing i will bring like huge quantity for me huge quantity is like fifty kilos. So <laughs> I will bring with huge quantities of this spice. And then chefs smell it and they're like, Oh, cool and they they won't buy it. And then there's some things I will find I will say, okay this is nice. I might have like ten kilos and I will sell it sell like in fast. yeah. So you can you can never know but it's really it's really interesting to try and understand to understand um how the clients will react
0: and it changes so much as well yeah what what was the thing that you thought oh, this is amazing people are going to love it and didn't, nobody was reacting to it?
1: so for example there's is, there is this spice called sil okay which is a wild spice from Nepal um it's from the um, uh, from the bay leaf family and it it grows it's about 2500 meters of uh, altitude and you have these small berries which are really fragrant and they smell like um, lemongrass and um, and bitter and bitter orange and
0: I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's really and you have these floral notes as well and it's really amazing and i was like okay i will take like 40 kilos of this because this will surely work And actually, I think the biggest problem I had was I received um, a product that was too fresh. I received it about two weeks after the the harvest. And it was so strong that chefs will smell it. And they were like, "Okay, this, I will not be able to use it because it's too strong. So hopefully, in about six months, it (laughs) it will be better when it calms down.
0: Hey, everyone. Um, I think, I'll tell you how, because we met Rowan in Paris, we have, uh, we met a lovely couple Moko and Omar, they have a beautiful restaurant in Paris that's called Mokonats, that is just one of the loveliest places on earth, if anyone's been there, you've been there, no, it's just <laughs> the the cutest little restaurant, about... It's the size of our restaurant, actually. <laughs> and the, the food is delicious, and there are such lovely, warm people. Who, we had a fantastic time, and then they said to us, oh, you have to meet this guy who brings spices, and you, you would love it. And Roy came to meet us after lunch, and he brought us his toolbox. Do you have the toolbox? Yeah, sure. Which is, you think I'm saying toolbox as a metaphor, but it's an actual, <laughs> it's an actual <laughs> toolbox. toolbox and then we just sat there after lunch service the restaurant was kind of winding down we were just going through all these spices and tasting them and it's just like one thing is more amazing than the other and things that we've never heard of and just the sheer quality of everything i mean the 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 paprika that we've tried is is it's just beautiful we i mean we we buy moroccan paprika usually this is spanish but it was so good, it, and everything that was try we tried was of such high quality that we were like you know kids in a in a candy shop. Um, we we kind of didn't know even when to start, of course. The rest of the day, I didn't tell you, but the rest of the day, our mouth was completely numb. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were sneezing all day. We were like, why are we sneezing? And we'd be like, oh yeah, because we're, we're sniffing spice all day. But we were, we were just thrilled mm. to, to have that. And, and I hope, you know, I was hoping that this is kind of the, the reaction that you get from, from a lot of chefs and, and people.
1: Yeah, so did. many chefs sneeze let's start with this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so people are really are really amazed I mean I, I think wha- one of the most beautiful things is to the eyes of chefs when they smell it uh, with some spices like with the uh, cardamom or some peppers or the wild almonds you can really see the, the surprise and the joy in their eyes and this is one of the m- most beautiful moments for me I mean every time I, s- I meet a chef and he's like this I'm just amazed
0: yeah it's it's very gratifying and actually again for, for us it was so such a nice thing to find someone that's doing exactly what we're looking for um, so this is going well what's, what's the future because most of the spice now that you get are from Southeast Asia yeah we want to send them to Morocco to bring us Moroccan cumin mm-hmm. and and turmeric that we love. That they do good spices. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So wha- what's the ne- what's the so actually final? the
1: next the next step is going to be yet again Asia. Um, mm-hmm. In January I'm going back to Indonesia, uh, India, Sri Lanka, and Nepal. Uh, this time a little bit a longer stay. And with less farms, hopefully, but mm-hmm.
0: uh, <laughs> now you've, you've whittled it down a little bit. Yeah, way.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So hopefully, stay a little bit longer in each farm, and to select the new the new harvests, and then probably um, Morocco and Ethiopia as well, because they have really amazing stuff in Ethiopia, and a lot of spices that are really unknown in Europe or in uh, elsewhere in the world. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's, I,
0: didn't, I didn't even...
1: Yeah, they have this uh, spice, for example, called kororima, which is um, a kind of black cardamom. It's very big pods. When they are fresh, they are about the size of a big fig. Yeah. And then when you open them, when they are dry, when you open them, it smells like a mixture between uh, black pepper and cardamom, and it's smoked... And it's really, uh, for me, it's one of the most mouth-watering spices out there.
0: I'm looking forward to you coming back (laughs) with more things. We have some things for you guys to try and smell, can we pass it around? Maybe the paprika?
1: So actually the the paprika we're working with coming from uh, Murcia in Spain. And it's one of the rare um, farms to do everything by themselves, which means they produce their own seedlings and then they uh, they grow, they dry, they smoke, they grind. They do really everything inside the company, which gives this high quality and also the, the freshness again, because often paprika, it's bought again and again, and then you don't know where really it comes from and when it was made. So this is really... Uh, the last uh, the last harvest
0: so this is from this summer say
1: yeah so this one actually actually no this one is from last year because i received it during the summer but we will receive in about two weeks uh, the the, the one that was harvested in october so and it smells like the the sweet one the unsmoked one smells like um, tomato and and uh, bell pepper and it has really mm, uh, oily quality to it. I mean it's really
0: I mean the, the flavour is incredible you're going to try it in a little chicken salad that we made but it's really really something very special and this is the wild almonds yeah and this you can try you can have one so actually
1: the, the wild almonds are I think probably my best seller um, you can smell them before and then taste them actually um, those are some kind of bitter almonds that come yes. from Iran but it comes from the desert. They call it mountain almonds, actually in Iran. It comes from the desert next to the Pakistan, next to Pakistan, and it's really, it's really, I think, my, 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 as you say in French, coudeur, uh, my really best loved product that we have.
0: It and this, this you can try but um it will make your mouth go numb yeah <laughs>
1: so <laughs> but it's it's fun it's good fun <laughs> in a fun way so <laughs> so Wendell. this one's called timur pepper or timut pepper both of the names exist and actually it's you, you should smell it first always this one smells like uh, grapefruit and it's from the same family as sichuan pepper exactly <laughs> and and it's really amazing it's very strong and it's wild harvest from nepal also it comes from about 1500 meters of altitude and um, it comes from actually it's a citrus it's a very small citrus and it comes from a tree with huge spikes that um, grows up on the mountainside uh, almost vertically so when they have to harvest it it's quite complicated and quite dangerous stuff but they are used to it and they are doing really also amazing job um, harvesting only really the ripe uh, berries and also taking out because inside there is a small seed which is very bitter so they take it out and everything is done manually So that's super painful yeah. but this is who uses, who cooks with this? So, for example, in Nepal they use it to make, uh, mostly in the southwest of Nepal, they use it to make like chutneys. And um, they also have um, this dish made with um, this kind of spinach that they have there with a lot of, uh, of uh, Timur pepper and uh, chili. So it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Does anyone
0: have any questions to Roy? or feelings or emotions that they want to share with the group. I'll just need to <laughs> repeat your question for the microphone. I suppose the thing will be how to use them, just depending exactly what you have. You know that how to balance things out with the exact fresh thing that you've got.
1: So I, I think what usually I recommend to, for people is to first of all use about half or third of what they're used to, to use with, uh, with spices they find in the supermarkets. And then to taste, and to see if you need to to add. Often with those kind of spices, you need actually to put the same quantity of spices, but you will just have much better taste. How long how long, how long can you keep spices? You know they always say every year clean out your spices. Uh, so if how the spices if the spices are fresh, you can keep them for two or three years. Okay. Um, if you know that you are not going to use them a lot, you can keep them in the freezer. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, never put them like right above the stove or something like this because this is the best way to kill them. <laughs> what, what do you think of the... is there a substantial quality difference and also in terms of the shelf life of spices that are whole versus spices that are ground? Because obviously as a whole cook, it's so much more difficult to just use pre-ground spices. But,
0: as you mentioned, it makes a difference the process itself. Alright, can I just repeat that? Uh, whole spice versus ground
1: so so of course it's much better to buy uh, whole spices it's it keeps much longer and you really have all the the qualities um, and then you can roast it because it's much better to roast whole spices than to roast um, ground spices so what's usually I, I i i think the best thing is to have like a small spice mill or a, spo- a small uh, mortar and to to grind it or to crush it on this moment but since in in our technique using uh, liquid nitrogen actually it really we put it in the in in bags uh, when when it's still in like minus 40 degree degrees so When you open it, when it's still cold, actually it doesn't smell at all. And when you open it, even when it's it's hot, the first thing, you don't smell anything. And just when you move it a little bit, then you have uh, all the smell coming up. So in this case, it will keep quite well, but it's still much better to use whole spices.
0: Mm. And just if you do, I would buy small quantities. If you do buy grand, Mm. because it does lose lose flavor. Yes, my dear. I, well, it's for both of you, actually. I'm just curious. When you bring these fresh spices, you're the chef, you're the spice merchant, and you come together. You probably are more educated about spice than a lot of classic, you know, French chefs. So when they see these new, they're not new, but these spices, how do they know how to pair them? You know, we, we classically know sweets have cinnamon and cardamom and nutmeg, but then you, there's always these twists. and. As a chef, how do you know how to use, you know, you, what you what you're shown? So they they may be shown this new wonderful pepper, but maybe they don't know how to. Well, they would know how to use it, but how how would you use well, it? Well, I do think, you, for, what you think for for us the 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 main draw, the main excitement, with seeing the the spices that Roy brings, is this, the stuff that we know and use, just incredibly better. Yeah. So. For most of it, it's an easy one, mm-hmm. and for us also, the, the food that we cook is, is quite traditional. So the more exotic spice, we're we're not going to use. The only thing that just the the Timor we had to buy because it's just so crazy. But um, it's a it's a good question. How do people know what to do with so? What often, actually,
1: it's it's really funny because I have my ideas about how to use spices, and often I try to find out how the spices are used in the in the producing countries Mm -hmm. but then when I come to meet chefs and they smell it and they would say like oh I will definitely use it with this Mm -hmm. and often it's those are pairings that I would never think about and sometimes I'm quite dubitative about it because (laughs) I'm not quite doubtful sorry about it because I'm not I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, but um, this is what I'm also trying to to to, to say to, to to explain to them to explain them because many of them they will say okay I don't use spices as I said before or I know only how to use those four five six spices and when they start to smell new spices that they don't know they have new ideas they have new ways new approaches but. Some of them will ask me, some of them will say, OK, this one, how do you use it? I don't know. I, I like it, but I don't know how to use it. So I have this really weird spice. Uh, maybe I will, I will pass it to you. It's called kudampuli, which is actually a, a fermented dried fruit from, uh, from Karnataka. And in there it's used only for one dish. And it's uh, fish curry in, the, in, coconut, uh, in coconut milk. And it's used only for this. And every chef that smells it, first of all, most of them buy it because it's really s- quite incredible uh, spice. But then they s- some of them use it to make infusions, to make like uh, herbal teas. Some of them use it to make uh, in desserts. Some of them use it with, um, with um, roasted vegetables. Some of them with lamb. So... Everyone, and it's really, I, I will just pass it. No, no
0: one makes a fish curry with it. No one, <laughs> no Not yet. I want you please to join me with giving this guy a big, big hand. And a big thank you for coming to be with us. And thank you all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Honey and Coke. We hope you enjoyed it, even if you didn't get to try the food. I promise everything was absolutely delicious. There are some wonderful guests coming up in the next few weeks and will be available to download. So make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and please leave us a review if you can. that will be really, really great for us. This show is expertly produced by Hester Kant, music by the great Ellis Russell. If you want to come along to one of our talks, you can join our mailing list on our website, honeyincore.co.uk, or follow us on our social media at honeyinco.co.uk.